0: As you get ready to take on the virtual TCS New York City Marathon, Gatorade Endurance is working to make sure you're prepared for a great race day. In place of your typical on-course experience, Gatorade Endurance is offering our runners a 25% discount on products to keep you fueled and hydrated. Head to their site in the episode description to receive a personalized bib, product discounts, and tips on how to properly fuel. Once you enter your name and claim your virtual bib, you'll receive access to a discount code to purchase products like Endurance Formula and Energy Gels to round out your fueling plan. Hello and welcome to Habitual Routine. I am your host, New York Roadrunners coach Anique Lamar, and I'm joined by... No one. It's me. I am the host today. Roberto Manje, usually my co-host and co-coach, is on paternity leave, and he has left a Roberto-sized hole in our hearts. But we will be filling this podcast with special guests to accompany me for this last leg of our season. So we will miss you so much, Roberto, but please enjoy time with your baby. So, today we're talking about one of the intangibles of virtual marathoning, and that is assembling your support system. You have to figure out how to do this. And traditionally, you don't have to because you have a million fans on the TCS New York City Marathon race course, right? So, you're never alone. Now, you're gonna be alone, and you have to think about how you need support as an individual runner. Our guest today, Joseph Gray, he is this amazing multi time national champion, and he will talk a little bit about his needs. But we want you to think about your needs as a virtual marathoner. So that means asking yourself, do I need people to show up for me physically, for logistics, support, fuel, or emotionally, cheering, accountability, being on that street corner, supporting you, getting you to where you need to go? Or do you need both? Hot tip! I need both. I need someone to be there, you know, with a sign because I need to feel connected to them. But I also do need that water bottle. So really think about as we talk about this day what you need. And the truth is, as we talk about this, you know, we really want you to think about how you can make this fun for your support system. It's also called a crew. Uh, Joseph will break down what a crew actually is, but it is those people that you love and will help you on race day. The New York Roadrunner coaches have assembled some tips for getting your support crew to support you. All right, so let's kick it off with number one, and that is giving them sign-making materials. Don't presume that your fans know how to support you. Help them out. Drop off little care packages of sign-making materials, give them some funny slogans, and really make it a fun activity for them. Number two, it is not a challenge for them. The challenge is for you. So help them with logistics planning build a beautiful logistics document. I don't care if it's on pen and paper. I don't care if it's in Excel, but help them with a nice document that tells them your route, where you're going, what your pace is going to be, and how they can support you at exactly what time. Number three, the Marathon Spectator Toolkit. So New York Roadrunners has some really fun things coming down the pipeline, including filters, digital finish line, augmented reality. There's going to be some digital signs to print. So keep an eye out for that. That's a go-to pre-packaged thing that you can have spectators support you with. So our number four tip to help your support crew support you is to, how do we say this, politely guilt trip them. Because what else do they have to do? I was just listening to an interview with Bon Jovi, who said that the most interesting sporting event he's been to this year was a Pop Warner game. So in a similar vein, what other sporting events do your friends and family have to go to? You are like the coolest athlete that they can watch play right now. So guilt trip them, get them to support your in-person, you know, athletic event from a socially distanced Uh, You know, six feet distance, of course, but they're there for you because there's not a lot going on right now. So that brings us really well to tip number five, which is that we haven't been able to see a lot of our friends and family. But for example, if you're in New York City, you can make a route that goes past your friends' houses and they can lean out the window and cheer you on. So think about how you can actually see people you love that you haven't been able to see before in a socially distanced, safe, cheering way. And in 26 miles, you can see a lot of friends depending on where you live. My sixth tip to you is using technology to make sure spectators know where you are so your crew can actually track you. And I'd recommend the New York Roadrunner Racing app. This is a real-time race tracking tool for the virtual TCS New York City Marathon. This app is perfect for both spectators and participants. So all runners who are registered for the love of Metal Tier have access to the app. And there's a lot of other benefits on the NYRR Racing app. There's GPS guided audio cues of sights and sounds of the in-person marathon. There's the ability to race and track friends all over the world. So if you're interested in this, head to nyrr.org to check it out. Now, if you don't have access to the tier, I have two other recommendations for you. The first is Strava Beacon. So if you're a Strava runner, you'll have access to this. You can go on and set it up and your friends can track you. The second one that I have, if you don't have access to the NYRR racing app, is just your iPhone. iPhone. Every iPhone has this Find My iPhone setting. And I actually share my location with some of my best friends at all times. We know where we are moving throughout the world. And it's really fun to see my friends in real time at their homes and work. But it also is really good for tracking your friends on the race course. So you can share, just for one day, you can share your location, and they can set an alert when like, you come within a half mile of their building or their home so they know to come out of their house and cheer you on. I once used this feature to track one of my best friends when she went into labor at Mount Sinai, and I got an alert at 2 a.m. that she had entered Mount Sinai. I don't recommend you use it to track your best friends going into labor, but your friends can use it to know when you're coming into their neighborhood. So those are our recommendations. Uh, To help you get your crew to support you for your virtual TCS New York City Marathon. So, for today's interview, we brought in an expert in assembling crews for long distance races, and that is Joseph Gray. And this is a name you should know because Joseph Gray is many things, and we're gonna get into that. But the first thing he is, is a runner. And he is a ridiculously good runner, like one of the best trail runners the United States has ever seen full stop. He's an 18-time US champion, a two-time world mountain running champion. That's exactly what it sounds like. You run up a mountain. And he's, he most recently won that title in 2019. He's also an avid gardener, a foodie, a traveler, and a poet. So let's chat with Joseph. So thank you so much for joining us today, Joseph.
1: Uh, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to to kind of speak and share some time with you guys.
0: Absolutely, and we're really thinking of you as an expert um, in this. You oh, know, I know, I know. You're going to have to handle that word uh, as an expert in you know in how you race and your success in racing, but also in how you get really good at racing. And one of that is getting some friends and family to help. So you're super seasoned as a trail a trail and an ultra runner. Uh, you had your fair share of asking friends and family to help you crew. Can you actually just let us know what crew means? Because I think this is a word we need to define before we get down, down the road on how to get recruitment.
1: You know, I think it, it really is a word that is ever expanding. Um, it really depends on you as the individual, um, for me, I'm the kind of person I try to look at things in a broad spectrum. And so when I think of crew, I think of, you know, my support crew, not just people who are helping me on race day, but you know, the people who are kind of in your day-to-day circle or. People that you you frequently are in communication with um, or just sharing ideas with. Uh, these are the people that I would consider your crew. You know, they're helping you outside of race day and also the people that are helping you on race day. And um, traditionally the idea of a crew is, you know, the people who are kind of helping, you know, carry water or, or fuel for you during a race or, or even just moral support in the midst of a race. Um, even having a sign, you know, maybe something to remind you of in the midst of a race. Um, you know, these are, you know, the idea of what a crew is and what they do.
0: And so, you know, we know these people are integral to emotional and physical support, right? That's what they're, they're going to help you with. Uh, when you start building a crew, what are the necessary members you need to help you? Like examples of how you've, uh, needed help in the past. Um, how do they help you finish your race and what characteristics do they have?
1: Um, I think- the most important thing and it and it varies right, you know I can speak um, individually for me i'm not the kind of person who needs uh, say the cheerleader type of crew. Um, you know I don't need you to be like Joe you look great or you know you're doing good I, I don't need that what I need you to do is exactly you know kind of what I ask you in the beginning of me, you know if I ask you to help me crew and I just need you to give me water or fuel um, if you're on time and you're there uh that's all i could ask for and i'm very proud i'm very happy with that and i understand though there are athletes who do need that that mental side of it they need that support in the midst of a race they need to know that they're looking good or um you know you know that they are uh running really strong you know better than they have in the past maybe a person who understands the course and understands the the effort um but in terms of characteristics you know um again going back to what i said you know um they need to be someone who's trustworthy Uh, they need to be someone who's very time, you know, on time and, and and a person of their word when they say something, they do it. Um, and I think on race day, you understand how important that is, uh, for a characteristic in terms of having a crew member who has those characteristics, because if someone's not on time all the time in life, more than likely, they're not going to be on time when you need them and you're going to be thinking about it. It's going to cause more stress to an already stressful event. And so, you know, I think those are two very important characteristics. They need to definitely be people who are, you know, of their word, you know, when they say they're going to do something, you definitely, you need to know that they, when they say something that they mean it and that they are on time all the time, even early, you know, you got to know who they are before you ask them to be your crew because you don't want to ask the wrong crew member uh, because you're asking for failure, basically.
0: I think that's uh, that's so wise. Cause you're also saying, you know, like it might not be your family member. It might not be your best friend who shows up 15 minutes late every time you have to hang out. Right. So it's <laughs> right. like, who is, who is, it might be that, you know, that coworker who actually really, really loves running and would be thrilled to be there that day. So I think that's, that's a great uh, distinction. Um, so like the ask, right. So we know a lot of our runners may be the only runner in their friend group. Right. So they're explaining something maybe uh, the same with like ultramarathoning or trail running. it It doesn't always make sense to the people who love you and support you. So what does the ask look like? What is the most successful way to ask a friend or family member to assist you with something that they might not understand?
1: Um you know, I think the the best thing is obviously when when it comes to racing, you need to have a plan, and it needs to be something that you're training for and preparing for. And uh, if you need a crew member, and there's somebody that you have in mind who maybe is not um, well-versed in the sport that you take part in, or maybe they don't compete in it or know anything about it, but you want them to be your crew member, then you have to also think about them in terms of that planning and that preparation. And so maybe your race is in three months and you need to start kind of preparing them and and, and giving them knowledge as to what that race looks like, um, you know, where you might need aid and what it's like to run Ten miles and and then need aid in another twelve miles or something. You have to under you have to make sure that they understand and they're knowledgeable about what they're getting involved in, um, and um, that really reflects back on first of all being very honest uh, to them about what it means to you um, in terms of this journey, this this venture, this endeavor, um, and making sure you're realistic. You know that's another thing. You know I've coached um, in the past and I still coach athletes today, and and one thing that you that there's a big problem in our sport in terms of people not being realistic with their goals. And therefore it's hard for others who are, who know the sport to really support them. So, you know, people have asked me maybe to help pace your crew and they'll give me this really outlandish goal. And I'm just like, if you want me to pace you at that pace, sure. But <laughs> that's not realistic, you know? And therefore how, how am I supposed to take your goal seriously and really be, you know, dialed in for you When you're not taking it seriously yourself, you know, you haven't done the research and you're thinking well beyond outside, way outside, you're, you're going past the stars and it's like, you gotta be, uh, honest with yourself and honest with uh, your crew members and let them know your goals and, and let them know how passionate you are and let them see that. Um, I think that really helps, you know, in terms of that bond, that relationship, and especially on race day.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking if, you know, you're, you pick a time that's too fast and you're not able to hit it and you're telling your friends you're going to be in the Bronx at a you know to be at the Bronx at a corner and you're not there until 45 minutes later right like that's that's also hard for them to even know what to do with that so picking a really smart pace is is super uh, important to virtual marathoning um you know i guess one of the questions i have is um you know you're running sometimes things go great sometimes things go bad but very often late in a race you approach Uh, you know, the crew, uh, you know, normal races be the water station and you're not looking good, right? Like you don't have any emotional energy to put on a smile when you see people, how do you, uh, let your crew know who might not be runners that it's okay. This is part of racing. Um, do you prepare them for that? Right. To not scare them when you come over at mile 20, looking a little bit ragged or worse for wear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think in regards to that, there's two things really to touch on there. Uh, one, as I mentioned earlier, you do need to prepare your crew um, so that they understand what that event might do to you, what it means, you know, what that distance feels like, what it's done to other people, how other people handle that same distance and the and experience. And so they need to be knowledgeable. Um, one really good idea is to have someone with experience racing or running experience uh, in the same distance that you're going after, because then when they see how you look, they understand, okay, yeah, you look like crap right now, maybe, um, but that can all change, you know, if you feel properly and and also uh, looking like crap doesn't mean that the race is crap. You know, when you run your best times, you, you are probably going to look like crap. You know, your best performances, when you look back on them, you probably felt like crap because you're pushing yourself to do something that um, that you haven't done before, more than likely. So it's not easy, and and I think you got to have somebody with experience who understands, who's not trying to pull you out of the race or, or wave the white white flag for you and and say, oh, you know, you're you look horrible, you're really tired, let's just drop out. Like you don't want that person, unless it's you know not safe for your health. Like say you come in and you got like a limb sticking out of your leg, you want <laughs> you want the, your crew member who's going to be smart and tell you, hey, you know, maybe maybe we can fight another day, you know. Um, so yeah, it's important to have that person with experience.
0: Yeah. Uh I, I would love to know um what crewing looked f- like for you before the pandemic. Like you, you know, I've seen you on Instagram and in your races, and they're always, of course, in these like beautiful locations and they're always, you know, there's such a cool element to to mountain running. Um, but like what does it actually look like? You know, I know it might not be the 26.2 uh 0.2 mile distance, but what does it look like when you have a crew? Like how do you approach it? Do you have maps? Do you have stations? I'm just I'm just curious what what your sort of um markers are or is your crew so dialed in that they know where to be uh, when you say mile you know 16 they know exactly where that is
1: yeah you know I I can speak specifically I had a a good friend um, Katie uh, Rosema and she uh, was giving me some fuel uh, for Pike's Peak Ascent and it's confusing race because there are trail markers on the course and they are from the trailhead the race starts maybe a mile and a half before that so it's a little off and um you know i think i told her to meet me at a specific location and i had to be very specific and let her know you know not the mile marker but at this area because i wanted to drink at a specific spot and i was really blessed in that you know katie she kind of she knew those trails so it wasn't a big issue um so I can't really say that was a negative experience, but you know, there are times like that where if, you know, maybe she wasn't used to those trails or she hadn't been on them, you do need to get a map out and kind of show them specifically, or even like pre run it with them, just let them know like what it looks like. So, cause I think visually it helps a lot when you see something and, you know, especially when you're crewing for somebody, I know me personally, when I'm crewing for somebody, it's a big, big deal. I don't want to be the reason that they miss a drink or that, you know, something goes wrong for their race. And so, I want to mentally be prepared, visually be prepared to, to see what they need, you know, be, be where they need me to be. And, um, a lot of times that means, you know, studying the map and making sure that, uh, you know, exactly where they want you to be and make sure that you know how long it takes to get exactly where they need you to be.
0: Yeah. I love it. My, uh, my parents are often my like support, right. But they're not athletes. So it's a lot of me putting them in a car and driving them and being like okay so this is the corner we're talking about and then they're like totally totally fine with that um but uh one of my questions is would you prefer to have you know 26.2 mile distance would you prefer to have multiple people uh, crewing at crewing in different spots or do you think just having one person in a car is the way to go do you have an opinion on that
1: uh you know again it depends on the person uh, you know if you got that type a friend who's just like always on time and you know very serious about when they say they're going to do something they're going to do it then i think you can get away with just having one person doing it um you know depending on traffic and things like that but there are things outside of their control so i think it's easier uh, or safer bet to have multiple people it's not necessarily easier because then you have to communicate <laughs> different plans to different people and so sometimes that can be stressful um but it, it also depends on uh, your requirements you know if you're running for you know if it takes you six hours to run a marathon as opposed to say three hours you know maybe you don't need as many crew members you know maybe you just need two stops uh, or three you know and so one person could potentially do all that Um, but if you're going to be out there longer it's probably better to have more people out there just so that you know someone doesn't miss um, you know one person doesn't miss a a spot for you or maybe you know they time just kind of gets out of gets out of whack for them and they just kind of Lose sight of time and, and aren't there on time for you and and when you're running longer, you definitely don't want someone to miss it because you kind of need all the fuel you can get. You know, the longer you're out there, the more energy and expenditure. So, um, yeah, I think the longer you're out there, definitely you want to have a few people out there to help you and be easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm just the danger zone of like that is. The runner gets a tie, uh, you know, the runner's getting tired, but so is the person who's giving fuel. And it's like, I remember I did this for like the Dipsy. I crewed part of like one of the Dipsy variations and the anxiety I felt was more than the runner who was doing it. Um, oh, Cause I, I didn't want to mess it up for them as they were like going back over that trail a couple,
1: couple, you're a good times. crew member. Then that's the kind of crew member you want someone oh, like man. you who, who like feels like, you know, it's, they don't want to let you down. Cause they don't, you know, they don't want to ruin it for you. You want the person who's invested like that
0: that I I think absolutely. So let's say like, you know, you have these people, right. And hopefully they're, they're really timely and they have fear in their hearts because they love you and they don't want to mess it up. How do you bring them along in the journey with this? Like, so you said the three months out, you know, you're showing them, you're talking to them about what's going on and what's important, but like, is there anything else you do to engage with these folks? uh, like, like pre-race as you're getting closer, um, to just sort of be a team together.
1: Um, i think gratitude right like and, and showing that you're thankful for what they're doing and like making sure they understand how big of a deal it is because this is something you put a lot of time in and you're you're instilling you know your faith in them to help you um, accomplish this big goal this big endeavor and so it's very important that you communicate that to them frequently so they understand that they're they're thank you know that they're you know they're needed and 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 that that you're grateful for what they're doing and um it's very important because a lot of times people help others and and maybe they don't even get a thank you maybe they don't get a a gift or anything afterwards or they don't get a you know you don't really express to them how much it meant to you Um, and so it's very important to make sure that they're happy uh, doing what they're doing for you and that um, they feel thanked you know that they feel like hey i'd want to do this again for this person Um, so it's very important to kind of show that gratitude
0: yeah. Speaking of the thank you, I know that you're a gardener, you're a foodie, you're a poet. Do you ever use any of those, uh, those skill sets and talents to thank people? Or what? what is your sort of typical, like, thank you for being at the mountain pass with me when I desperately needed you there. Uh, how do you thank people?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of using food. You know, I think, uh, you know, that's the easiest thing and kind of food always kind of makes everyone happy. It fills the, fills the belly, fills the soul. And so, um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I do like to grow peppers, and I've given a lot of my friends some peppers and things. But uh, you know, some peppers that I grow are most people don't want to eat those because they're a little little too hot to just be eaten on, you know, a pizza or something like that. So,
0: I I was gonna ask you your most uh, creative way that you thank someone, but I think giving someone like a hot peppers is probably the most creative way I've I've have. Um, I think that's short of writing a poem. I didn't know if you ever wrote poetry to people, but I was gonna say it's pretty creative.
1: Well I mean it is when you really think about it how long it takes and how much energy and time you have to put into gardening so to to give that to someone like people have given me things from their garden and it's very special you know they probably think I'm like overly thankful for it and but I am because I'm like I understand the sacrifice and the time and you got to make sure you take care of those plants you know like little children and um so it's a big deal when someone gives you something like that that they put so much work into and they want to share that with you so
0: Absolutely. If you only have ten tomatoes growing that summer, giving someone half of them, that's a big deal. It's very very big
1: deal. Very big uh, deal.
0: Um, all right. So I have one last question. And you know, I think this is gonna be the one question that we get. Like folks know they need people, but let's say they can't get anyone, right? And so they're going out um potentially into the streets of New York with, you know, this dream in their heart and their apps and their phones. How should they bring some fuel and water with them? Like, is there any tips you would have for these people who don't have a crew who need to do the, the carry it with them approach? How would you recommend that they sort of load up to, to solo it?
1: That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, there's companies like say ultimate direction, for example, and they make a lot of race packs and, you know, there are other brands as well do kind of very similar thing. Um, I have more experience with, uh, ultimate direction just because, um, I've used a lot of their product in the past, and, and I've liked how they fit on me. And I think that's very important, especially when you're running a marathon. You don't want something floppy, or you know, something that feels bulky. So, you know, there's different packs, and depending on how much you need. And I think that's a good way to go because you can have, I mean, man, you can you can put a whole bunch of water in, in a couple of those different um, packs, and then you can also put fuel, goose, bars, whatever you need in that pack. And and then you really don't need a crew. You can kind of eat on the go. Um, so yeah, that'd probably be my best recommendation i I'm not a big fan of stashing stuff. um, you know, I know people like to do that, but for one it 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 looks like you're littering, and let's say you're tired and you just don't feel like grabbing it at that point, or maybe you feel like you don't need it, and you just like, well, eh, just keep going, and that's littering, and so you've just kind of left something there, um and then also the fact that the matter is you know someone could tamper with something if you just leave it you know randomly on a trail, so, um, you know, if you're going to need fuel or, or water, liquids, anything like that, and you don't have a crew, just use a pack and, you know, safest way, safest route you could take.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think that's like that tampering component, right? Especially as we think about sometimes running these things in New York, it's like, you're not leaving that under a park bench. Like that's, that's not, <laughs> that's not how it's going to go. Like good right. luck.
1: And, um, and honestly, I think most people are pretty, it's probably in New York, especially people are privy to runners. And like, I think in commu- like the community there like even people who are not runners understand runners and so like if they saw a bottle they probably wouldn't tamper with it but the fact of the matter is that's not the case in every city across the world and so you know i don't think it's a good thing to say like publicly or you know on a podcast or anything like that so, <laughs> you know just be smart and package yourself and take a safe route
0: And <laughs> bringing it with you i think that's wonderful advice all right so I'm going to ask last piece of advice, uh, for building a crew, getting people to join you in your mission. Um, what is the last piece of advice that you would give to our runners?
1: Um, last piece of advice.
0: Plant peppers now for your virtual marathon next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, one thing I was going to say, you know, um, when you get your crew and, uh, you have given them your the plan and they, and they understand it. Um, one thing that's really important, and it's going to sound tedious and and it might even be annoying to some people, but is to make sure that they can repeat that information back to you. Um, and that's a big ask for some people. Some people are like, "I heard you. I don't need to say it back." But it's like, let's have some humility here and understand that you know this is a big deal for me. Um, it is going to be a big deal for you because if I don't do well, it might change our relationships. <laughs> and so you know, it's important. And and it will. You know, honestly, it uh, it's. I think it's safe to say when you have something you're very passionate about and you brought someone into that with you and they let you down it could be your mother that you love I love my my parents unconditionally my wife unconditionally but it would change things for a little while you know like I'd be upset with you and I don't want to be upset with you even if it's for 5 minutes and so it's important that we are on the same page and so if you can repeat that back to me I'm going to feel better I'm going to be less stressed out on race day knowing that I you know you know what I need and I can trust you and instill my faith in you. And, uh, you know, I think it's good for both parties just to make sure that, you know, we're on the same page and, and, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that confirmation that like saying it back, active listening, like, do you actually know what I mean? Not only repairs relationships, but it's just a brilliant piece of advice. Thank you so much for joining us, Joseph. It's been so great to talk to you about how to build this crew.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So let's actually break down this interview with Joseph a little bit because it was a masterclass in how your friends and family can support you. There's an obvious reason why he is this multi-time national champion. And one of the reasons is because he really knows who he is as a runner and what he needs. Like when he said, I don't need emotional support. I need that physical fueling support. He knows who he is. And so we're asking you to figure out who you are. And I've had to think about this question, right? Because I am a very emotional runner, I need emotional support throughout race courses. I've placed my mom in a cornfield before on the hardest part of a cross-country course because I need her there for accountability and support, right? So I'll actually turn a corner and there's mom surrounded by corn somewhere out in Western Pennsylvania. On the flip side, when I've coached, there was an athlete who wanted zero emotional support, right? Like this athlete did not want you to look at her. I remember once cheering because she was doing great. And I said, great job, looking good. She turns around and she flashes me the middle finger, right? This athlete wanted nothing to do with me. I was like, lesson learned, Coach Anique, lock it up, just affirmatively stare at her, right? So that was who that athlete was. So you need to know what kind of athlete you are. Where do you fall on the spectrum? The second thing I love that Joseph was talking about was the idea of gift giving, right? And gratitude giving. And and we see teams do this and we, we encourage this as coaches all the time. So if you actually think about high school teams and collegiate teams, the idea of gift giving for gratitude is really ingrained in them. We used to give this ceremonial stuffed bee. It, it was like this cheap bee from like Walgreens and we would give it to each other every week for best performance, not really about PRs, but about About who performed the most admirably and with leadership and with you know um, like strength and fortitude of of the heart, Uh, and we would give this right, and and we think oh that's what what college kids do, but it works. It builds team, it builds community, and we know these small gratitude gifts really do work. And you can build that into your support crew. So think about what small little things you can give from Walgreens or wherever that will actually mean a lot to your friends and family when they're out there, you know. Or you can plant some peppers or just go buy them at the store. That works too. And the last thing was check in with your family, right? So actually have them say back to you your race plan. This was such a golden piece of advice from Joseph. You have to get your friends and family to understand that this is important to you. Runners are quirky. We have our weird little habits. And you know, in many families, many of you, I'm sure, are like the runner and people kind of shake their heads. But on race day, you really need them to understand that this is important to you. Once again, I've had to talk to my support crew, which is often my mom and dad. And I've put them in the woods, and I've said like, you need to help me like figure out this course. Here's what it's going to look like, and I need you to say it back to me. And they do, and they know that it's important to me. And so that back and forth, like, really makes us stronger as a family, uh, because they're there for me, even though neither one of them really do this running thing right but they get me and they get that support so those are some amazing tips from joseph i'm so thankful he stopped by and like really broke down those things and think about how they can apply to your life as you plan your support
2: crew hi i'm shinji Yamamoto from tokyo I'm a guide runner of Achilles International Japan and running the TCS virtual New York City Marathon with a visually impaired runner. My best advice for both runners and guide runners is to study the course thoroughly before the race. With a little more information about places alongside the course, for example, the characteristics of the area or history of the town, a visually impaired person can stretch their imagination. As a foreigner, New York City Marathon is like a 26-mile sightseeing tour So the more you know about the area, the more you enjoy the race. I think we can use the same tactics, even for the virtual New York City Marathon. Let's imagine where in New York you're running now, and let's feel the excitement, the music, shout and cheers from the huge crowd. Have a great run, and see you on the web. Bye.
0: Thank you to Gatorade Endurance for supporting this episode. Thanks again to Joseph for joining us today. You can follow all of his adventures on Instagram at Joe, G-E-E-Z-I. Thank you again to our team who helped make this show happen. Executive producer, John Phillips, producer Steve Mira, Ben Delaney, Sam Dupuis, Goran Bakoulis, Lily Cosaro, Ted Doyle, and our engineer and editor, Craig Gorbanoff. Also, check out our newest YouTube series called Long Run Short Stories, a virtual marathon story. We're telling the stories of virtual marathoners just like yourself all around the globe. You can find that by heading to YouTube and searching New York Roadrunners. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.